Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends, one of the most informative and entertaining talk radio shows today. From social issues and trending topics to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So join us now for Real People, Real Topics, Real Talk. Let's face it. Welcome to the show. It's Sunday, January the 10th, 2016. We're your hosts. I'm Will Strayhorn. And Alicia Brown. How you doing, boo? What's going on? I am wonderful. I am completely... wonderful. Thank you. Um, you know, <laughs> I took a week to just reprogram, refresh, reprocess, rebrand. It has been such an enriching I, I will say relaxing, relaxing compared to, you know, going at 2,000. But it's been, you know, just rewarding. I'll put it that way. Hmm. That's good. That's good. How about um, you? Oh, let's see. <laughs> I don't like that. You know what? Nothing. I've, had a good, I've had a good weekend. I can't really. Oh, you know what I did? I shopped. Uh-oh. I had a good weekend. I did I mean, a lot of um, retail me, therapy. You ask me what I want. Oh. <laughs> I, no, I kept calling you. You didn't, you didn't get my text I was sending? No, I didn't. Oh, man. I was trying to call yeah. you. I wanted to yeah. take you out. I saw a whole bunch of stuff I wanted to get you. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe uh-huh. next time. Yeah. Maybe it next time. There's something wrong with our communication system because you <laughs> always claim to have sent that text. I don't know. Yeah. Never. <laughs> yeah. But it was good. Good. Getting ready for school. School starts back tomorrow. So I, I'm actually looking forward to it. It's been a long break. So oh, I'm looking forward to starting you. school. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to going back to my day job. But I, I, you know? Well, Why not? it's been so not. You know, I think because. And we talked about this early in the year. I told you in 2016, I had to streamline. Mm. And one of the things about being a working entrepreneur, you love what you do for your business, but it's very difficult to build a brand while you're also mm-hmm. working full-time for someone else's because basically uh, you're working around the clock. So, yeah, right. yeah, it's like after having that week of freedom and, you know, liberty and, you know, when the thought came, you could just flow and do it. Now I have to work someone else's clock as well as mine. But you know uh, what? We uh, thank God for meeting every end. It is okay. It's exactly. all right. Thank God for the hand of provision, because there's a reason why you are assigned <laughs> to everything you're doing. Right, right. Well, How was your weekend, Liz? Uh, my weekend was great. I worked, and I went out last night, you know, my last little hoorah before school starts. So I've just been chilling. Okay. Very right. relaxing weekend. All right. So tell me about you. You started a fast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A fast. Yeah. When you start something, I saw you putting some type of diet or something that you were doing. Oh, yeah, on your we social have a meal media. plan up there today. So, yes. Yeah, so basically, I am trying to adopt a paleo diet. Um, I've yeah, done yeah. Research on it, and basically, what it is, it's a lot of grains, nuts. I mean, you can still eat meat. But the, it encourages grass-fed meat instead of, mm. like, you know, 
the chicken where they stuff the chicken and stuff like that. So it's very natural. Um, it does take out a lot of sugar. So that's been my biggest thing. You know, oh my past 25 years, everything I eat has sugar. So when you're mm-hmm. eating something and it doesn't have any sugar, like today I made sweet potato muffins. And, I mean, they were okay, but my first thought was this needs sugar. But right. I can't have sugar. So, I mean, it's a big adjustment because I have to retrain my taste buds, per se. But mm-hmm. it's going pretty well. I mean, I'm down to pant size, so. What? Yeah. yeah. I might have to let you do my meal prep for one week. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm actually so... thinking about that as a new business venture. Oh, Lord. <laughs> So are you doing it primarily for weight loss? Is it for like a health? What's the purpose of doing it? Is it like for health purposes, weight loss? Weight what is loss? It? Well, it's weight loss, but also um, maybe a month or two ago I went to the doctor and mm-hmm. he said something about my blood pressure. Um, oh, okay. I'm not about to take pills for the rest of my life. I can't. Not for something that I can control. Control, that's right. That's what he said. Yeah, he said, you're 24. I'm not even going to prescribe you anything because I know you're mm-hmm. going to get it together. So one thing was sugar. And, I mean, look at everything we eat, everything we drink. It has some form of sugar in it. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to do something where I can still eat. I feel like when I go on a lot of these diets, I can't eat anything. So when I finally mm. do get something, it's like I'm binge eating. So yeah. right. with diet, you can still eat. You can eat bacon. You can eat pork, you know what I'm saying? You can eat whatever. It's just how the food is made and what you put mm-hmm. in the food. Mm-hmm. So. All right. I think I told y'all last week that I started my cleanse, the, it's called <laughs> the, the cleaner. No, and today was actually my last day, but my stomach has gone down so much now. There were a couple of days during the week when I had to leave my salon to go over to Kroger because mm-hmm. I didn't want to put them through that. But, <laughs> but um, it worked really, really, really good. Um, and I'm going to use it again. <laughs> yes, but I was surprised because there was no – everybody used to say that you'll get cramping and all this stuff. I didn't have any of that. Um, it just got a little urgent towards the end of the cycle. But it worked. I feel you know, I feel good and empty, clean. What kind of <laughs> is it? It's called – hold on. It's called The Cleaner. They have it for men and they have it for women. Um, it's It cleans colon, liver, parasite, skin – Kidney, stomach, prostate, blood, lungs, toxins. Powerful. They use it in sports. So it's like a oh. thorough cleanser. And they have, like I said, they have a, a women's formula and they have a men's formula. That thorough part. But I ain't going to tell you I was looking for parasites. Would I have been able to see them with my eyes? No. Oh. Trust me, if you okay. can see them with your eyes, boo-boo, you going to have no uh, problem with what you're trying I to said, do. I said, I think that's a parasite. Okay. You know right. what? No, baby, that was TMI. popcorn, Colonel. It's all right, though. Yeah, what you do with your... Yeah. Uh, Nate, how was your weekend, Nate? How was your weekend? Well, I, too, was searching for parasites this weekend. (laughs) I'm sorry I asked. But, unfortunately, I didn't find any. Um, So, I didn't have a really eventful weekend. I tell you, I went to church today, and church was so good. I'm so happy I made it because I wasn't going to go at first. But um, I went to the later service, um, and then I went over our hostess home where he cooked a wonderful dinner. Thank you. 
All right. And did, but would so, not take a plate home. So I'm sitting here eating the rest of this whole pat of the bell pie. This is my sixth one. And, yeah. Yes. Some people don't have that. And you know I don't have that. Why would you say that? You know I don't have that. Okay, well, let me ask you this. How does that work with your cleanser? You know what? Because today was the last day you had to celebrate because I made it through. No, but I mean, how did it make you go to the – I would think with a cleanser, all the sugar and stuff would make you go to the bathroom more. But you know what What happened? I do feel a little bloated. Oh, I hope I didn't just mess up the past seven days of work I that I just did. went through. I really think you did, but it's all right, boo. No, it's okay. not. When I went shopping this week, I bought clothes for my new stomach, not the old oh, stomach I'm I had sorry. last Saturday. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, sorry. Ugh. Okay. Well, we gonna pray throughout the show that you do you really get it together. Please but you don't. know, it's our favorite time of the show where we discuss some hot topics. Yeah. And of course, we're gonna open the phone lines one seven one three nine five five zero seven nine three. You can press 1 if you like to be live on the air and have your two cents. Yes. But I saw something on Wendy Williams. Normally I don't get to watch it, but I did see a little snippet. She had mm. Melissa, um, Alyssa Milano, rather, on her show. Right. And they were having this whole conversation. You know, Melissa, Alyssa Milano, I don't know why I want to keep messing up her name, is very pro-breastfeeding. She She's very mm. into not just mothers being able to breastfeed their children, but advocating that they be able to breastfeed them in public without any scrutiny or things like that. And Wendy was just basically saying that breasts are a sexual item. They're basically fun bags, and that's just not something people want to see. You know, the the motherly, nocturnal thing where you're breastfeeding your kid. So my question to you guys is, do you believe women should cover up when they're breastfeeding in public, or do you think it's okay for them to just whip it out wherever and whenever they see fit? Mm. Well, if I was in well, Africa, they would be doing it. So why would I make, <laughs> I'm not going to say nothing. Um, I believe. Out. Oh, my gosh. You think so? I, I can't with him. I just can't. I, I mean, what's different from putting a bottle up to the baby mouth than the boobs? Oh, it's not like the time. baby. She's just feeding the baby. No, 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 no. See, I, no, because it's a breast. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it's a breast. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think about it, too, the same thing like the locker room. I know where I go to the gym. They have it where if your children are a certain age, you cannot take them into the regular locker room with the ladies. There is mm-hmm. a, a child's locker room where you are to take your children. Because there's certain things you don't want your child at a certain age seeing. And I just, for me, I just think it's inappropriate, you know. And then some people are not very discreet. I mean, you just, when you say you whip out a boob and feed your kid, they're not trying to cover nothing. They're showing you the whole, at some ages, you just don't want your kids to see stuff like that. And I'm just, you know, even in the locker room, I'm just, you know, if I see somebody that's half-dressed, I'm going to turn my face I'll put my hand. I don't want to see that. You know, to me, that's private. Well, everybody's not approved, Alicia. I know that, but for the ones of us in public that are approved, or we would like our children not to be seeing your breast well, y'all need to shut Could you cover that up, please? Y'all Can we have warning? Vegetable restaurant. <laughs> I mean, if I'm sitting up there eating a filet mignon, I don't want to see your boobs while I'm trying to cut my piece of steak. You, you know? Sure. People would have a little more discretion than that. 
but they don't. I don't think it's just whoop a titty out, suck on. Yes, it is. I think it, <laughs> yes, it's it is. more of a, I don't think mothers would just whoop it out because. I've seen it whip it out. I've seen it. No, I've seen that. I've seen that. Yes. And, and it's just laying there, which are. I don't like you that. A nice restaurant, and it's just, boop, there goes the breast. I think as long as there's discretion, I like when I see people and they 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 have the head the the head covered up. You know that's fine. Yes. But there are a lot of perverted yes. people out here who may thrive on, you know, yes. pain. They, they may you may you could set yourself up for danger doing that. I think it's fine. You know when you I mean because that's pretty much what they were. I think I haven't seen a pair in a while, but I think that's what they were made for, right? For you guys to, um, you know, yes. feed your 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 spawn and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Lord. I can't with y'all. I, I really. Yeah. Yes. 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 But what else do we have to talk about? Well, I have a question. So mm-hmm. here's the scenario: There's a single mother. She got two kids. Claims her kids on income tax, and she gets about five, six thousand dollars back. Should she give the father some of the money if he's an active father or he's been paying child support? Oh, money yeah. back. That made me choke. Mm. Oh, God. Well, yeah. this is my take on it. Yeah. Because if she like, gave yeah, if if both active, of them. Yes. Because y'all both are putting into this child during the year. Now, if he a deadbeat daddy, then no. I mean, you ain't putting nothing into my child. That's true. I think yeah. If, if he if she if he allowing her to claim him and not him, then yeah, yeah she should give him some back. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how that works. Does anybody know how that works? No. What you how what works? Is there any set thing like is it the person who has physical custody supposed to do it, or is it just between the parents? It's, it's between the parents. It's where a, the kid lives. That's exactly. in Virginia. It's where the kid lives. Okay, because okay. I know people fight about that all the time, like who's going to yeah, pay the kids yeah. on taxes. And I've seen where young girls have allowed, you know, saying you're still in the single parent status, but you've allowed the father to claim them on taxes. And then you uh-huh. hope that he's going to give you some change back, and sometimes he do, sometimes he doesn't. But right. even though you're the one taking care of the kid and the kid lives with you. But, okay. Mm-hmm. But you ain't got no job, so you got to let the daddy take care of Well, in that case, yeah. When it's like that, yeah, you got to do that. That that makes most yeah. sense. But, but either uh, way, it should be if I'm going to let you claim the child because you're going to get more. Whoever going to get more back in tax should claim the child. But, that, yes, they definitely should split it with the other party. That's if we're actually amicable. So, you know, if we're on good speaking terms, I guess you can work stuff like that. Maybe not, yeah. you know, if you're not. I mean, you need but to be on good season terms children. around tax season. <laughs> You're so silly. <laughs> speaking of children, I, I know there's somebody's child that you want to um, ask a question about. <laughs> yeah, it was one I'm not really sure of what's going on, but, you know, Jaden Smith has a new um, campaign out with Louis Vuitton. It's called SS16 Women's Wear. And... Um, you know, the new owner of, well, the designer of um, Louis Vuitton, she, the create not the creator, but she's the director of it. And, you know, she posted pictures of him on Instagram 
um, of the new shoot they've done. And but I don't understand what the ideal of it is because he was saying he got he was seen at some award show with a dress on, mm-hmm. and he was saying that his thing is he likes to feel like a rock star. So he likes mm-hmm. clothes that make him feel like a superhero. <laughs> I'm sorry. So okay. he wanted, he invented this line with Louis Vuitton. I guess for people such as himself that want to feel like a super a mega star, I guess. So my question to you guys, given that Will and Jada has allowed these kids to be free spirits, which I believe in, do you see a problem with this? Do you think Will and Jada are should be blamed for them being too open in their lifestyles as with their children? No. I commend them. I commend them so much for 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 them giving their especially in the limelight, allowing them children to be who them who they are. And I wish that my parents had let me do that when I was younger. I have so many phobias and hang-ups now because of trying to be, be controlled from being who I was as a child. Um, even now, I, I was just thinking back to Saturday, um, how how free Jaden is. When I think I was reading one of the things that he wrote, and it was like when they chose him because he creates his own path and style and fashion that is completely individual and is insusceptible to the fads, which means he basically he, he wears what he wants, but... I went out Saturday night with a friend, and I had went shopping Saturday, went and got some things, and I was like, I'm going to wear this. It was something that I wouldn't normally wear, very metrosexual, and I was kind of, um, what? what's the word? Very metrosexual, and I was kind of, um, I, I was feeling awkward should I wear it because I didn't want to be um, misperceived. But I wore it out. I was very uncomfortable all Saturday night. Um, got two compliments on it, but I myself did not feel comfortable because I was just, even though I picked it out, it was in my taste. I could see myself in it, but when I got around people, I was too concerned about what other people were going to think. And I think them allowing him to do this as a young child, um, he's going to bypass all this stuff as he gets older because he's going to um, he's going to live for Jaden pretty much instead of for other people. And I just wish my parents had allowed me to do um, and be who I was earlier as a child. But I think mm-hmm. you so missed the great. point. That's not the real what? question. The real question is, did you take a picture of yourself in the outfit? Because we don't have anything <laughs> in the frame of reference to talk no. about. We would like to see it. No. Can Just you go take a picture of it now? A cross between Prince Uh-oh. Oh, wait a minute. And it's a, it was a lot, but it was cute. I mean, when I put it on, when I walked out of the house, in my head, I was doing it. But when I got in that club, I was like, what the hell? Uh-oh. You got <laughs> yeah, in the well, You know, when you dance in the mirror, you look in the mirror, you go, what you got on? Well, you know, I got compliments on it, and my friend I went with said I look nice. I had on boots. I had on high boots, and I had on, like, shredded jeans, and they were my boots looked like they were tucked into my jeans, but they were stretched. So they were actually sitting on top, but they looked what? like they were tucked into to my, I mean, my and jeans looked like they were tucked into my boots. No, and I had on a nice black sweater with a high collar. It was really cute, but it was very but not me. We have You'll no see picture. it. You'll see it in about a couple months. I'll wear it again. For you, just oh, for okay. you. When I come take you shopping, I'm gonna wear it for you. Yeah, which means Aww. I ain't gonna never see it. Make sure you answer the phone. We have a call on the line. That means I ain't gonna never see it because he ain't he ain't never took me shopping. It was just a purse that I was supposed to get. I ain't seen the purse. I ain't seen yeah. nothing. But it's these imaginary texts that I never get. I never see it, man. Yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I heard him. Mhm. 
Mm, now, okay. me personally, I don't know. If, I, I love the ideal of expressive. I think it should you should still have some sort of control because it teaches okay. kids control. Um, but I don't. I do feel I have my girlfriend Leia. Her daughter, she allowed her to pick out her own clothes for school, and summer, spring, fall, this baby want to wear cowboy boots. <laughs> oh. So she allow her to pick them out, and then she'll go get her boots, and she say, "I, I want my boots," and she say, oh, "Okay, now that's really nice." But do you think these shoes would look better with it? And she said, well, "Do you like these shoes better, girl?" And she said, "I do, but if you want to wear your boots, wear your boots." You so know I what? believe as long as you're there to give helpful guidance, I don't know if I would just let you be you. No, you're not going to be you because you're not going to be crazy because I still got my name attached to it. But I do believe they should have their – it should be them because, as we'll say, you do be, you do live life a little freer, when, freely when, you know, you, you are able to express yourself. Like my mom, right. she was very she, – she was really hands-on, but she allowed us to be us. Um, and but you know I grew up in church, so it was only so much of us you could be. Amen. Well, okay, but <laughs> I still believe she gave she instilled in us to be our authentic self. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, to but I understand we have still you can still see her hand in the picture. Mm-hmm. Okay. I understand that we have a caller on the line about the child support question. Yes, we actually do. We have, she was a guest last week, we have Caprice calling in with a question or a comment about the child support. How are you doing, Caprice? I am doing well. How are y'all doing? We are doing well. (laughs) Good. I I actually want to give my two cents on both. Okay. As far as the Will and Jada, we don't have enough money to be free anyway. You know what, you're right. You have to think of the lifestyle that they live. Will mm-hmm. Smith was a groundbreaker in the beginning. So was Jada. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. what that's the genes he has in him. So he mm-hmm. is going to do something eccentric because that's what his parents do. They have an open marriage. They could afford to do any lifestyle and be accepted because okay. they don't exactly. have that type of money to be free. Mm. So if, when we, if we I was in it. that, if it was, we was in that tax bracket, our kids mm. wear boots all twenty-four hours a day. But that's what they do. <laughs> They have the money to be eccentric, so that's what they're going to do. They are supposed to be groundbreakers, and he's just following in his – him and his sister just following in his mother and father's footsteps. That's how that's going to be. When we get that type of cash, oh, my daughter can wear what she want to wear, and I, I wish somebody would say something. But the type of money you have there, when you, when you wear crazy stuff, you a trend, you're a trendsetter. Our type right. of money, when we wear crazy stuff, we just crazy. Yeah, exactly. I know that's right. <laughs> I think I was crazy Saturday night then, probably. Oh, okay. <laughs> crazy Let me get my, my little two cents <laughs> on the child support. The child uh-huh. support, people don't understand, it means that the father or the mother pays 50% of the child expenses. That means half. Uh-huh. That means half light bill. That means half gas. That's what child support is. So they give you a child support guideline that says, okay, this is what the mother pays, this is what the father pays, because this is what that child is going to cost. So if you're paying child support, I do believe that they should take, one parent should take one year, the next parent should take the next year. Or if they don't do that, give half of the child tax credit, not off of what I make, 
Just take the oh, child tax okay. credit. That's the only thing the parent is allowed to get anyway. So if I'm claiming child support for my child and the father is paying child support and he can't claim that year, I'm going to give you half of the tax credit. That's the only thing I'm going to get for the child. But as far as my check, boo-boo, that's mine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> that's my two cents. Thank you. Very good two cents, too. <laughs> yes. Wow. Well, wow. Thanks so much for calling in. Thank you. Y'all have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Yes. I love it. I love it. Yes. As far as my check, boo-boo. Yes. Okay. Well, do you guys watch, are you American Idol fans? I'm not sure. No. No. I'm so ready for this to be over. You're ready for this to be the last season, huh? I am. I'm just over it. Yeah, I think that's Probably it was been on for a while, so it it was definitely a successful show. But um, one of the people, I think Clay Aikens was one of the first people. I think, I think um, well, one of the first people um, he was to be on the show. He was no, he up. Yeah, he, yeah, he was a runner up. Well, anyway, he he went on this Twitter rant um, talking about the judges and saying how bad they were and how. Um, the show hasn't been good since Simon Cowell had been up there. A few of the things he was saying was like, um, oh, good Lord, those boring-ass um, responses from the judges. Where is Simon oh. Cowell when you need him? The guy the guy needs a hook to pull him off stage. Also saying oh. that he's had, like, better um, root canals or something like that than watching the judges. Um, oh. Just a whole bunch of really bitter things. Um, oh. And, you know, it, it, it got some negative airtime about him, people calling him bitter because he didn't win and he hadn't been called back like some of the other people had been called back to perform or whatever. He hadn't been called back. So a lot of people were saying that he was bitter. Um, But my question to you is, number one, do you think that this was a form of burning bridges and that he perhaps is bitter? And have you yourself ever perhaps burned a bridge in retrospect looking back? First of all, I just want to say, I didn't know Simon Cowell was no longer on the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, girl, that's been years in the making. Girl, I need you to catch up. No, because I don't watch it. I told you, I don't watch it. I don't want to. If Simon not on the show, then probably everything Troy said was on point. So kudos to that. You got to have What's one person that's just the mean person. Shut up. What was you said, What's his name again? Clay Aiken. Tried to, tried to run for. I think he tried to run for mayor. Right? He said Troy. No, she no. said Troy. Poor baby. Troy Aiken. Let's Clay. 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 And probably yeah. didn't think it was going to be taken out of context. Well, you know, if it was taken out of context, but I don't think he, people were going to read. He didn't think people were going to read into it this much. Um, and yeah, I have burned plenty of bridges. Um, hey, hmm. I don't know how to build them again, so they, they just burnt. But um, as I'm getting older, I'm I'm a little cautious, more cautious than I was. I burned bridges back in the day when I was younger, and pretty much said what came up and with no hmm. with no filter. I'm a little better. Oh, because I was about to say what? <laughs> no filter. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between then and now? But okay, you said oh, right. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, okay. Will. 
y'all stupid. What about you, Nathan? I want to hear about yours. Yes, I do not. I don't burn. You risk If I, you just I mean, burn the I don't want. <laughs> burn. Go ahead. I don't. I ain't got time to burn bridges. Yeah. If I don't. Y'all are funny. Okay. If I don't want to cross over it no more, I just don't cross over it no more. That, but preach. um, preach. As far as clay, I think that clay is. Um, I mean, his career. He had a really excellent career after American Idol. Because I remember, I think Clay Aikens was second runner up to Fantasia, and actually his career did. Because I remember people were saying how his career did better than the person who won the show. He was with Ruben. And yeah, Ruben exactly. It was Ruben. Exactly it was. It was Ruben, and he did way better as second runner up than Ruben did as the winner. Um, but he had a really great. But I think. Clay became a diva. Oh. And when you not really that. original copy, they can get rid of Do you remember when he when he kissed um, <laughs> Kelly Ripper or did something to Kelly Ripper? he put his hand in her face. Put her face. hand. In, put mm. his hand in her face. Baby, she went what? off. She went off on him have it. <laughs> she thought she didn't know where his hands been. Oh, my goodness. That was horrible. Oh, it was that really was bad. Well, then you shouldn't put your hand in people's faces. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's kind of rude, Poor you Clay. know? Yeah, that's kind of rude. But she ain't yeah. had to do that. She ain't had to say that. Yeah, I kind of felt a certain way about her for a couple of hours oh. after the, after she did that. But I Liz. I love Kelly Ripper. On my end, I don't burn bridges. Maybe other people feel like I burn the bridge, but I'm like, Nate, if I don't want to go over the bridge no more, I just don't go that route no more. Like, I'm over it. So, no, I don't think I really? burn br- bridges. Really? Okay. I, I don't like I don't I don't like that type of stuff. So I just kind of I'm just out. No, no need to do the whole. I'm gonna cut you off and all that other stuff. No, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, mm. okay. We had a caller who I think had a response, but it, it got dropped. But um, okay, call back. Burn the yeah. bridge. Burn we would love to hear. Alicia, you never answered that part. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to conceive it. I, to me, when you say burn the bridge, I think that's really up to the two parties because you can say no. I didn't burn a bridge, but then you have somebody say, yeah, you did. I guess I'll take the answer you guys said. You know, if I just don't want to cross anymore, I feel like this is over. It's just over. So I, I don't like to think I burned a bridge. I like to just think I backed up off of it. <laughs> and was like, okay, you can take my set of directions. Can can I hit shred, please? Because I won't be using these anymore. I'm one of those people that when I'm done, I'm done. Because typically I'm done because I've let stuff built up so long. Mm-hmm. Or I've let you get over or whatever, you know, I'm trying to give mm-hmm. you grace and mercy. But, you know, everybody knows when you have that point where it's a little bit too much. So we're mm-hmm. just going to cut this off right now. Um, you know what you've done. Um, mm-hmm. You're not apologetic. So I don't feel the need to continue this any further. And if I'm done, I'm done. I mean, unless the Lord tell me to go back over that bridge, I'm not going on that bridge no more. We're finished. But I wouldn't say I'm finished. Right. Okay. That's All my right. short answer. Okay. But I think it's time for a good old commercial break. 
<laughs> yes, we're going to take a commercial break. We're going to go to commercial real quick. But when we come back, we have Jennifer Grace who's going to talk to us about directing your own destiny. You're listening to Let's Face It. We'll be right back. They just told us right away that we're going to house you, we're going to feed you, and every single one of his medical bills is just all taken care of. They've saved my family from financial ruin. It allowed me and my wife both to focus on the most important thing, which was the health and well-being of our son. We have phenomenal research, outstanding clinical care, and the generosity of public, which allow us to treat patients regardless of what it takes. And that's what makes St. Jude so magical. At St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, Families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food because the only thing a family should worry about is helping their child live. Doctors send us the toughest cases to be treated at St. Jude, and our patients come from all over the world. When we come here, they told me, don't worry, everything's been taken care of. We could never repay St. Jude for what they've given us. Because of you. Gracias, Hattie. Because, because of, of you. you. There is St. Jude. You listen when your body says, I'm tired, or I'm hungry. Are you listening? Would you listen if your body said, I have pain and pressure in my abdomen. I feel bloated for no good reason. Or, I get too full too fast. I'm spotting, but I've already gone through menopause. Or, I have to go to the bathroom more often and more urgently than usual. These can be signs of a gynecologic cancer, like cervical, ovarian, uterine, vaginal, and vulvar cancers. Symptoms aren't the same for everyone. If your body says something may be wrong, please listen, learn the symptoms, and get the inside knowledge about gynecologic cancers. Call 1-800-CDC-INFO. A message from the Hi, this is Terry Crews. Actor, former football player, game show host, father of five, and all-around big dude. I'm also an expert on drama. I know all kinds of drama. There's the good kind that comes with having a house full of kids. There's the bad kind like season-ending injuries. There's the necessary kind like having an agent in Hollywood. And there's silly drama like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your high school diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. Or text DIPLOMA to 97779. Message and data rates may apply. Reply STOP to opt out. That's DIPLOMA to 97779. And leave the drama to actors like me. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council. Grace is the Hay House author of Directing Your Destiny, a former SAG actress and executive transformational coach who teaches Stanford University's famous creative and business course worldwide. Jennifer helps people become unstuck in their day-to-day lives 
and make change towards a fulfilling and more balanced life. People from all walks of life attend her seminars and workshops to transform their lives in ways that once seemed impossible. So please help me welcome to Let's Face It, Jennifer Grace. How are you this evening, Jennifer? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. So awesome to have you, especially for a new year. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, there were a few things that struck me during our um, interview for Supernaturally Fabulous magazine. And you said that there, there was a period in your life where you said, trying to find my life's purpose became my purpose and failure became my middle name. (laughs) <laughs> and obviously, you know, you've risen above that time. <laughs> yeah. So to anyone that's listening and feels the way that you did, what would you say to them? I would say that the most important thing when you're trying to find work that really lights you up and fulfills you and has meaning is to do practices that hone in on your own intuition. I think a lot of times, you know, we go outside of ourselves and we're doing what we think we should be doing and we're taking the poll and asking, you know, our mother, our, our partner, our best friend, what do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? And then we get 20 different answers and mm-hmm. we get paralyzed. So we have all the answers within and we just need to create space for the, that voice of wisdom to arise and it can direct us exactly where we need to go. Well, That's good. How are you doing, Jennifer? This is, this is Will. Hi, How Will. You? How are you? I'm great. I am doing doing great. Um, thanks for coming Hi. on the show again. Um, so I was looking, you. you know, you and I have something in common. You, Well, I'm in school for communications, but you actually graduated with a degree in drama and communications. And then you went yes, on to your work did. as an investment banker on Wall Street. Yeah. So yep. what, what made you not pursue acting first and, you know, instead take a career as an investment banker? Well, I... Uh, at a 21-year-old age, um, <laughs> I remember there was a woman or a girl at that time in my college, and she had gone out ahead to L.A. She was a year ahead of me. And she reported back that it was, it was a nightmare. She was starving. She was waitressing. She was getting hit on left and right. And it just was not, you know, the dream that she wanted it to be. And she was probably the best actress at our school. And I thought, uh-oh. Do I want to go out there and be a starving actress? Maybe I should just go home. And that fear of failure really stopped me from pursuing my dream. And I went home to New York and followed in my father's footsteps on Wall Street. Um, So that's kind of what came up for me. But then eventually I did get to pursue it. Okay. Okay. Hi, Jennifer. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Good. This is Nate. What's up, Nate? So, now here you are with this amazing job, making this amazing money on Wall Street. (laughs) And you had already decided, well, you know you weren't going to do the starving actress thing. So what (laughs) made you decide to leave such an amazing lifestyle? How did you even get up the courage to take such a risk, to have such a bold move? I think after eight years of a lot of stress and zero creativity, I just, I had had enough. And at that point I had the courage and I had 
the wherewithal to really say, you know what, I need to pursue my dreams. It's really important to me. So I hung up the Wall Street hat. I moved down to South Florida and uh, I got married. I had a child and I started back with the acting. And it just was like the next chapter in my life. Exactly. Yeah. Hi, Jennifer. This is Liz. Hey, Liz. Hey. So you just said that you went into acting. So you had a successful career acting, and then you went through something that so many women can relate to, for which you coined the acronym YAC, you always know. Can you tell us about that period and major life change where you felt lost? Yeah, um, you know, there is this internal wisdom that we have always inside of us, and we really have to tune into that and not listen to the voices outside of us telling what we should be doing. And so for me, when I was acting, there also was a voice telling me inside me that this wasn't it. And although my entire life I loved acting and I loved being on the stage, I also felt that there was something more. Um, I wanted to make a difference in other people's lives. And what I had fallen into was a lot of commercial acting. And so I was selling advertisement on television and doing commercials and it felt very surface. It didn't feel deep. It didn't feel meaningful. And that's really what catapulted me into my next chapter to find what that could be for me that would light me up, that could help me make a difference in this world. So you went from being enrolled into the University of Stanford, which is an awesome school, um, to – so please tell us your efforts for improving self – improvement led to success. So as I went on this journey to try to figure out what this life purpose was, I found a course that came from Stanford University, a master's degree course in transformation. And it was an eight-week course. I went through the course, and week five, I just popped because it had laid out the foundational tools for me to start meditating and journaling, mindfulness, uh, tools to silence, you know, the little voice inside your head that says you're not good enough, you're not smart enough. And just it gave me so many personal development tools to figure out really who I was, what I wanted, and how to get out of my own way. So coming out of that course, I was so clear that I wanted to go into transformational coaching. And so I contacted Dr. Michael Ray, who created the course at Stanford, and I applied to become certified and trained as a trainer to teach it to others. And then ultimately, I brought it down to South Florida, which I've been doing for over eight years. And last year, Dr. Michael Ray decided to retire And he promoted me to be the new train the trainer. So now I've trained 50 trainers around the world. It's now in six different languages, six different countries. We have it being developed for teens and children. And from that moment, I've never looked back. I definitely have found my purpose. So hearing all this, you really, you, you definitely have a full plate. You know, with all this constant business going on in your new ventures, um, how can we learn to live in the moment, in the present, and then let our intuition guide us? Well, those very foundational tools that I practice every single day are mindfulness, Uh meditation, and journaling. So the mindfulness is about the present moment, being here now. And if you're not here right now, you're usually in your mind. 
having obsessive thinking. You know, maybe you're obsessing about the future, which causes Mm -hmm. worry, anxiety, fear, or you might be obsessing about the past, you know, having regret, shoulda, coulda, woulda. And there's certain techniques and tools, and I would love to share one with you right now that gets you back into the present moment where peace lives. And one of those tools is really easy. You can do it when you're sitting at your desk at work, and it's called 54321. So they have shown um, scientifically that you cannot focus on what you're thinking, your obsessive thoughts, and what you're sensing simultaneously. So the 54321 is first five. Look for five objects in the room. Just notice them. Four, touch five different objects in the room, even on your desk. Three, is to smell three different objects, maybe a candle, your cup of coffee, your cologne, or the perfume. And then two is to listen for two different sounds that are coming from inside this room. And then one is the last one, which is taste. And hopefully there's a piece of chocolate on your desk. (laughs) And focusing on all these senses, what it does is it turns off the thinking about worrying about the future, regretting the past, and brings you back into the moment where peace lives. And that's a great way to get out of your head and back into your body. And from there, you know, you can really be clear. You know, your your mind isn't all jumbled up. Hmm, okay. I'm going to try to practice that. I'm going to have to practice that. But before I ask you my next part of the question, I'm going to repeat. You said there were three things. I know you said mindfulness was one. What were the other two? Yep. So the next one is meditation. Um, like I said okay. earlier, that yak, right? It, that voice of wisdom needs a space to arise. So creating space in your mind in meditation and creating space on a page during journaling is a great place for that intuition to come up. You know, all day long, we just distract. We go from event to event. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Internet. Then we're, you know, shopping and watching TV. I mean, we don't stop. And so it's impossible for that intuitive voice to come forth and say, this is my life's purpose. You know, this is, this is the next chapter of my, of my life. This is the tagline of my new business. So meditation is a perfect place to create space for that clarity. And it can be so simple, you know, waking up in the morning, setting your timer for 10 minutes and just following your breath all the way in and all the way out. And just silently saying to yourself, here, now. And when a thought comes in, notice it. But don't allow the thought to go more than one sentence and then come back to the breath, come back to the mantra. And that's a very powerful way to start your day. The other thing that I love to do is that journaling. You know, um, very interesting. Einstein and Edison knew about this time in the morning between sleep and wake. It's called the twilight state. So what I tell my students to do is put a notebook and a pen by their night side. And as soon as they wake up, put pen to paper and just start writing. You see, what Thomas Edison used to do, he would sit in a chair with a fork in his hand and a metal plate under him. And as he would fall asleep, the fork would hit the pan and would wake him up. And in that moment, he discovered electricity. So every single morning, we have this access to our own internal creativity, to the brilliance of the universe. And all we need to do is just capture it on a blank page. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 
You like you it? Mean, I, I, yeah, I, like, I definitely like it. I've been doing a lot of that, except for the meditation. I need to get into the meditation more. Yeah. Yeah. But you also have a TV show called The Jennifer Gray Show. Tell us a little bit about that. So, you know, my former life, I was an actress. I was, you know, I did a lot of commercials, but I also did a lot of theater, a lot of improv and comedy. And so when I did hang that actor's hat up and became a transformational coach over the last eight years, you know, there was a part of me that said, wow, you know, how can I use my creativity to bring in my love of comedic acting and my love of coaching? And last year, this just idea hit me. And I thought, what if I created a talk show that's kind of like Oprah meets Saturday Night Live? And so that's just what I did. So I have on really interesting um, guests. I just had John Sally on. He's My show with him is going to be launched um, tomorrow. He's a four-time NBA player, and he's a vegan, really interesting guy. And so we have this great interview. And then in the middle of the interview, we just break out into sketch comedy. So he's a vegan. So, of course, we had to play on that. And it's a sketch about me taking my girlfriend, Jen, to a vegan restaurant her very first time, and she just does not get it, and it's really funny. So, And then I, you know, I make fun of the world of transformation. It's like, you know, the first time I meditated on all the crazy thoughts that was, you know, going through my head, and the first time right. I watched that movie The Secret and made a vision board and nothing worked, and, you know, just all the parodies. And it's just about not taking this personal development stuff so seriously, and at the same time, giving a lot of good, juicy information to help people transform. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm still looking over all of this information, and I thought I was a busy person, but I'm seeing here that you you own a company called Omlux, and you also partner with yep. Matt Damon. That's great. And it's foundationwater.org, and that you're a contributor yep. for Mind, Body, Green, and the Huffington Post. I'm exhausted yes. just by looking at it, but yeah, you, you know time? what? Wait, I have. How do you find time? time? I have a great staff. I have a great oh. staff. So really, all the administration, all the mm-hmm. all the kind of detailed work, I don't mm-hmm. do any of it. I just wake up and I get to go on retreats all over the world. I get to write articles when I'm on the plane, and I teach my courses online in my pajamas with a glass of wine. It's all oh, good. Oh wow, that's perfect. <laughs> That I got is perfect. <laughs> that is perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I definitely understand when you say have a great great staff. I am blessed to have a team of wonderful people that work here with the radio with me, especially yeah. Miss Alicia Brown. She is oh, fabulous. She's oh, godsend. Yeah. So I understand Thanks. exactly awesome. what you mean. It frees you up to just do so much more and be who you are. They have to worry about all the Yeah, and be your creative self, you know. Exactly. And you know what? It wasn't always like that. It wasn't always right. like that. It really is in the last couple of years when I've I've really stepped into my success and I've been able to have the abundance to pay people to do what they do well and I get to do what mm-hmm. I do well. But, you know, you know, you just can't be afraid of sacrifice. You can't be afraid of rolling up your sleeves and, and doing what you got to do and making stuff happen because it will pay off. But, you know, I hustled and I busted my butt for many years. And right now I'm sitting in a place where I actually can enjoy myself even more and, and have a great staff that supports me. Okay. Wow. Awesome. So the one of the underlying messages I'm getting here is that you just have to get to the point where you realize what you're doing is not something you enjoy and you just have to go do what you believe 
is in your soul that you enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Have to take yeah. that I mean, we have one life, you know. Why are we going to sit there miserable? And I always tell people, I say, don't quit your day job, you know. Be really mindful about doing your creative endeavors, launching your entrepreneurial effort. You know, when I wanted to write a book, I didn't have time to write a book. So I woke up at 5.30 in the morning and wrote for just mm-hmm. one hour a day. You know, in the end of the four months, I had a 50,000-word manuscript. And some of us feel so overwhelmed by, you know, working, you know, in the morning or the evening, on the weekends. But it's just amazing what you can accomplish with a very focused hour of time. And so keep your day job, you know, and if you need to get trained and developed in something that lights you up or work on a creative project, you know, make creative hours and stick to them. You know, I remember waking up in the morning, the very first time the alarm goes off, I, like, hit snooze 11 times. You know, I was like, yes. oh, 530. But I knew that there is a there's a self-sabotager inside every one of us, and I had to outwit it <laughs> at 530 a.m. So what I did was instead of setting an alarm, I created an event. So it was like a sentence that came up when my alarm went off at 530, and this mm. is what it said. It said, Jen... Do you want it or not? Mm. And I did. And I got up. I got up every single day for four months. And I was shocked that that's, I mean, I thought about writing this book for three years. And it took me four months, a page a day. So it is amazing what you can accomplish when you take very small, digestible bites. You know, don't overwhelm yourself. Just make a measurable results action plan. You know, the how, the what, the by when. And then you got to tell somebody to hold you accountable, you know, because if you keep your dream inside your head, nobody's looking if you do it or not. So I think accountability is a big piece of success. That is so true. Yeah. But, you know, that 530 in the morning thing. (laughs) That yeah, I, my work. But it, but, but you it know, was the only for four months. I like now that. I get up at nine. You know what I mean? It was okay. four months, right? Okay. I might be able to do that. I thought there was going to be a right. permanent structure. No way! Oh. You think I'm okay. working at five thirty a.m. for the rest of my life? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. So I, I can commit to that. That's good. I can do that. Right. Yeah, There's I'm a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. Yeah, so we we might be okay. All right. But you know, you you said something very funny that I to have you share with our guests, your will and grace approach to life. It was funny, but then it was profound. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so will and grace, um, the, the, that 1990s TV show that we all love is yes. really just a metaphor for something that um, I use every day of my life. So will is the tenacity, the perseverance, you know, the action, the getting your butt off the couch and making it happen. And the grace is when all that will is done, you let go and you allow. You know, you allow God, universe, whatever you want to call it, divinely orchestrate you to be at the right place at the right time. And it all comes together in this beautiful moment. And that requires trust in in the process. So what are your will action steps? What are the things, say you have a dream. What are the how, what, by, when that you need to get up maybe every morning at 5.30 or work on Saturdays instead of going to hang out with your friends? What is the will that you need to pull in? And for me, that will was, you know, writing the book every day 
And the grace came right after I wrote that 50,000-word manuscript. I was just on the phone with my ex-husband, and very offhandedly I said to him, oh, all I need to do is get it in the hands of Wayne Dyer. So Wayne Dyer was like the number one author at Hay House Publishing, which is where I wanted to be published. So he goes, Wayne Dyer? He goes, my wife is best friends with his daughter. I had no idea about excuse me, remarried. So I'm like, get out of here. And so he's like, yeah, we're going to a charity event next week. Wayne Dyer's going to be there. Why don't you come and I'll introduce you to him. I'm like, okay, great. So fucking shock. So, you know, me, Will and Grace get in the car. We go down to the Soho house in Miami. And I walk in and Will just pushes me. And I walk right up to Dr. Wayne Dyer. And I said, hello, I'm Jennifer Grace. You know, I've just written a book on manifestation. You are the godfather of manifestation. Is there any way that you would read my book? And he says, I would be delighted. And then he gives me his home address to Maui to send it. So I what? send it. He gives me feedback. And he lets me know about this contest that's in California. And he says, one person is going to win and get a book deal with Hay House. So I'm like, Okay. So Will Grace and I, we go out to California. I walk in this room. There's all these people, and they say, you know, we're going to give you guys two months to write a book proposal because I don't know if you guys realize this. Many of you may have written a book already, but they don't want to read your book. They actually mm-hmm. want to read your business plan for the book, which is the book proposal. So they teach us yes. how to write it. I go back. Will and I are waking up every morning at 5.30 a.m. again, writing this darn book proposal, the end of the two months, I submit it, and I, there I am. It was, like, so pathetic. I'm, like, looking online, looking at my phone. You know, they're going to announce the winner. <laughs> they announced the winner at 7 o'clock that night. It's Faith Freed. It wasn't me. So I'm, like, Aww. so upset, so disappointed. And, my, you know, my friends are, like, it's okay, Jen. Use your tools. I'm, like, screw my tools. I'm, like, <laughs> you know? Like, you got to let yourself be upset. Like, I love positive thinking, but, like, grieve, be mad, you know, go through yes. your emotions, right? So I exactly. go through my whole pity party. And <laughs> then Grace walks over to me and she said, you know what, Jen? It wasn't your time. It was faith's time. Your time will come. Just keep faith. Don't let that name elude you. And then yeah. Will says, yeah, whatever, Grace. There's another contest in New York City in two weeks. Do you want it or not? So I go mm. back to New York. I figure out what Hay House wants. They want somebody who's going to help them sell books. So I hit the social media. I get myself booked on a national television show, and I resubmit. And on December 11, 2011, only 11 months to the day before I had written the very first word of that book, the president of Hay House calls me and says, we are so impressed on how you lost in California. You came back to New York, your platform, your social media. We're not only going to give you the first prize, the book, but we're also going to give you the second prize, which is your own radio show. Welcome to the Hay House. Wow. And I couldn't have done it without Will and Grace. I mean, what if Grace brings, you know, Wayne Dyer into the movie of my life and Will and I hadn't gotten up at 530 in the morning? I would have had nothing to hand that man. Wow. So, you know, the the yeah. universe, God, it gives you opportunities all the time. And if you don't pull in that will, you're going to miss it. Right. So that's my that's one great story. You like that? That was exceptional. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you talked about the book, and the book is actually entitled Direct Your Own Destiny. 
Where yep. can people purchase it? They can get that at Amazon.com, or they just can go to my website, JenniferGrace.com. And also, while we're there, I know you have a free online course. I do, Directing Your Destiny, and I'm constantly doing free workshops, giving away free toolkits. So if anyone wants some great free stuff, they can just go to jennifergrace.com slash free stuff. Awesome. Yeah, well, Jennifer, like stuff. <laughs> yeah and I like free stuff. stuff. <laughs> but it's actually good free stuff. It's not like free junk. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. It's it's good quality workshops and toolkits, and you know, I I have a lot of abundance in my life, and I really like to give back to people. Wonderful. Wow, and we see that, <laughs> and I don't know how you manage to do it all. I really don't. But um, <laughs> it's like you know, mm-hmm. this is this is encouragement. The rest of us will be able to process and and take all this good <laughs> advice. You know, Jennifer can do it. So can we. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Awesome. Jennifer, thank you. Thank you so much again for for coming on Let's Face It, sharing this information with our listeners because we all want a new year, a new us, and now we have additional tools to actually make that happen. Beautiful. Thank you guys so much. This has been so much fun playing tonight. Thank you. Yes, we enjoyed it too. Yes, we did. A lot of good information. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'll I'll come back any old time. Yay! Love to have <laughs> we'll hold you to that. We will yeah, hold you to right. that. Awesome. All right, you have guys have awesome a happy new year. And let me too. let me ask you one thing. If any sure. of y'all are in New York, any of your listeners, I'm going to be there actually January 12th doing a free workshop um, in New York oh. City. So it's called Getting Unstuck. They can find it on my website. In oh, person. we're going to have to post that. Yeah. Yes, we're yes. going to have to post that. You said January the 12th. Yeah, January the 12th, if you go to JenniferGrace.com, on my home mm-hmm. page, it lists my tour that I'm doing. So I'm going to be, I just did San Diego, San Francisco, and now I'm going to be doing um, New York and Atlanta, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, giving free workshops live called oh, Getting awesome. Unstuck. Yes. So, yes, we will have to put awesome. that on our link so people can actually Thank know you. that. I'm sure someone's listening that's in New York. Um, yeah. yeah perfect. Again, she's awesome. giving us more free stuff. <laughs> well, I love it. You All right, so guys. Much. Have a great night. Take you care. Too. You too. Bye. Bye bye. Wow. Okay. So I'm, I'm feeling. I'm feeling awesome. That was the perfect. Ah, oh, perfect little segue for us to go into a new week. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know, I would like. I just want to say it was so funny that she said about her getting up at five thirty because. When I first started working out, um, it was really hard. I used to get up at 7 o'clock to work out. Um, And 7 o'clock, turn it to 8, 8, turn it to 9. Yes. But for the past two weeks, I've been able to get up every day without Mm. even the alarm cutting on to work out. And when she said that, it almost like just confirmed everything. Because I have been doing a lot of meditating. Um, okay. It got it. It took me a while to stop thinking. I don't know if y'all have been in that space yet, where you meditate, and for the first two couple of times, you're like thinking about, okay, what am I doing? Right. What am I <laughs> thinking about? <laughs> I'm doing everything except so, for meditating. <laughs> exactly. So I keep yourself, telling myself, oh, my, now my meditation time is up. 
you supposed so, to let go. You supposed to not think. <laughs> exactly, it, but it take it take a minute for you to get it. You know, once mm-hmm. you get it, then you understand. You know, what true meditation is. So, um, but it's it's just been. It was just so confirm confirm. It, the confirmation that she gave from her testimony or from her okay. experience was the same thing that I've had went through. I thought that was Yes. Cool. Yes. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And you really want to stay on. I mean, we've we received so much great information, great guests on the show. But coming up next is going to be Elizabeth Bachman. And I'm telling you, it's just amazing the information she has and what she's going to share with us tonight. Um, She is known as the star maker. So, of course, in A New Year, New You, we all want to be stars. So stay tuned. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back on Let's Face It. It began with five words. If not me, then who? The Travis Mannion Foundation has taken those five words and grown them into a national movement. The Travis Mannion Foundation is dedicated to assisting our nation's veterans, families of the fallen, and the next generation of young leaders. It's about remembering the sacrifices of all the men and women who've given their lives for this country and honoring their legacies through service in your own community. It's about adopting the motto, if not me, then who, and applying it to your daily lives like so many others have already done. All these great things that we live in this beautiful country, it didn't happen because no one chose to serve. Serving should be in your blood. If not me, then who? From our 9-11 Heroes Run, to putting character to action in your community, discover how you can honor the fallen by challenging the living. Get involved at TravisMannion.org. Every child needs a place, a place to call home. To call home. Every child needs a place. Where they can grow up healthy. And learn. And be safe. Safe. A place where they can play. And dream. And plan for their future. In the Habitat House, my parents helped build. In the Habitat House, my daddy helped build. My parents. My mommy. My mommy and daddy. I study. I grow. I learn. I live. A house. A health. A house. A chance. A future. A house. A chance. A future. Are all in your hands. Your support can help. Put a decent roof. Over the heads of a family like mine. Like mine. Like mine. To learn how you can help, visit Habitat.org. The human voice. It can be sweet as music, powerful as thunder, and so, my fellow Americans, cheerful as laughter. <laughs> but for millions of people, it can also be a sign of COPD. This serious lung disease can make it so hard to breathe, you often can't catch a breath or finish a sentence, let alone carry a tune. And many who have COPD don't even know it. That's where your voice comes in. If you think you or a loved one have symptoms, talk with a health care provider. Early diagnosis can mean better treatments and quality of life. Join us in raising our voices for the millions of COPD who can't. Learn more 
Read better at NIH.gov. Brown, speaker, author, and trainer Elizabeth Bachman is known as the star maker for speakers. She is passionate about helping people shine on any stage. Using her 30-plus years of experience as an international opera director, directing such luminaries as Luciano Pavarotti and Placido Domingo, she helps business professionals, authors, and speakers to learn how to stand in your power, find your unique voice, close more sales, and become known as the star you are. So that we can make the right and first impression to get the results we desire in 2016, please help me welcome the Let's Face It, Elizabeth Bachman. And Elizabeth, how are you this evening? I'm fine, thank you. It's just really fun to be on here. Well, it's fun for us to have you. <laughs> we try yes, to be well, on our best behavior. <laughs> it was. I, I had to listen to my fellow theater person Jennifer Grace. So, so I've been I've been listening since the beginning and just having awesome. having fun and and uh, and good for Jennifer for doing what the things all the things that she's done. And it's always interesting to hear what someone does who has a degree in theater and then what happens yes. after that. Exactly. And I'm sure you're used to working with a whole variety of different people from a whole lot of different backgrounds. Um, but, of course, you have the 30 years in the opera. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you work with the high echelon business professionals, the speakers, the influential leaders, and then two of the three tenors. How do we make that type of impression where we get what we want, get the actual results that we desire? Well, you know, there are many ways of doing it. One of the things that I discovered when I started officially working with speakers as well as with opera singers is that the skills you need to sell a song are pretty much the same skills you need to sell a product, a service, or an idea. The difference is just vocabulary. And so what I do when I work as the star maker for speakers is to help people who are speaking to promote their business or themselves within a company. And it's really about claiming your power and stepping out into the limelight, leaning in, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, and really making a point of showing up and showing up as your best self. And and what I particularly love to do, what I'm really passionate about, is helping people get results when they speak. Mm-hmm. I spent many, many years speaking just to entertain, and, um, and it, wasn't, it was about 12 years ago that I created my own nonprofit and uh, well, I'd, I'd, I'd been working as an opera director, and about 12 years ago, I got the opportunity to create an opera company of my own, which had been a lifelong dream. And I was invited to bring young opera singers to the Alps for a training program, and I was all excited about making making music in the mountains. Mm-hmm. The only teeny weeny problem was that I had to raise a hundred thousand dollars 
to Ooh. produce it. I had to create a nonprofit and raise $100,000. And to do that, I had to give speeches. So um, oh. I don't know if there's anybody listening in the radio audience who's ever had to raise money for a nonprofit. But that's where I started. And that's where I learned the big difference of speaking to get results, specifically speaking to get sales and right. and the the craft of that. So what I really love to do is work with people who have an important message and who are really passionate about what they're doing. I mean, those who are just speaking to make money, um, good for them, but they're not really my clients. I've, I need to – I really work with the people who – care about something intensely, and then mm -hmm. you need to either promote your program, promote your nonprofit, or your company. And what I love to do is help people give the craft of that so that they're free to be channels for art, for the message that they deliver. Right. And one of the things you mentioned is that it's so important to have a signature speech. Um, again, yes. you're working with public speakers, but the truth is we're constantly on a stage where we have to tell a story. doesn't matter if you're in the boardroom or, you know, you have an organization or a cause you're passionate about. So what is this signature speech that you talk about, and why is that so important? So a signature speech... Uh, a signature speech is a speech that you can give over and over again. It takes time to put it together the first time. You have to invest the time at the beginning. But once you've got it, then you can do it at, at very short notice. Um, Alicia, you and I just met on Monday, and yes. I think it was Tuesday that you said, hey, I've got a slot open on, on my radio show this weekend. Can you jump in? And exactly. I said, I could, of course, because I have a signature speech. And the key, actually, the difference that I'm, I define is uh, my signature program is mastering a signature speech that sells. Because there are lots of people who have signature speeches, and they talk about what it is that they do. But if you intend this speech to actually make money for you, to get you clients or to enroll people in your idea or your program or to sell your product, then you have to have a signature speech that sells. And that is an art form of its, very, of its own. Well, well, hi, Elizabeth. This is Will. How are you doing? Hi, Will. I'm delighted to meet you, uh, meet you over the radio. Yes, yes, and one day we'll we'll hopefully meet in person. I'm getting a lot of information from you so far. I wanted to thank you for coming on the show. But you know, I have a question. So um, Alicia was saying earlier that you you know you've helped um, Placido Domingo and Pavarotti, who's now deceased. Um, what type problems do those type people have, and what was your advice? Uh, you know, it depends. See, the thing is that that you can't see yourself when you're speaking. So mm -hmm. you never know if maybe you're doing something that is uh, something that's weakening you. You might be sabotaging yourself with a gesture. Or, um, you know, one of the things that I find, there are actually three big mistakes that even the smart and savvy presenters make that, keep them from getting the results that they want. 
And one of them is not matching your message to the room. So you're talking about what you're interested in, but it's not really what they're there to find out or invest in. Uh, The second one is telling too much of the how and not enough of the why. Uh, I find that speakers often think that if they give a lot of content, they will, of course, get clients and get people to sign up. But the real truth is, when you're a speaker, you're actually selling hope. You're not necessarily selling a class on how to market your business better, or you're not actually selling a class on how to find the right relationship or, uh, or you know, business coaching. What you're selling is the hope that, they're going to be able to solve their problem by investing in themselves through you. Hmm. And okay. and so and that's why the people who speak on the multimillion dollar stages, you know, the Tony Robbinses and the Robert Kiyosakis and people like that, they actually spend more time working on their delivery than they do on their content. And that's the third big mistake that I see, which is, and, I, and it just breaks my heart, because I see speakers over and over again who aren't getting the results they want because either they're not interesting enough, they're not compelling enough on stage, or they're too pushy. You know, they're pushing ahead. And, And only 7% of what people perceive about you comes from your words. And the other 93% is how you deliver them. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, there's a a saying that that I always love, which is, sales is like sex. Nothing really happens until someone gets excited. (laughs) Considering yeah. what you guys were talking about at the beginning of the of the program, I yeah. thought you might appreciate that one. Yeah. <laughs> Alicia did say that everything was it was okay to say anything I wanted. Anyway, yeah, exactly. if you're not interesting enough, if you're not compelling enough, or if you're too pushy, you're not going to get the result that you want. Exactly. And you guys can take the metaphor on from there. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> So helping people be compelling and authentic and interesting on stage in front of a group is, of course, what I've spent over 30 years doing. So your question about what do what do the people like the, the Pavarotti's and the Domingo's and, you know, hundreds and hundreds of others, um, those are just the two most recognizable names. Uh, if anybody really wants to hear the name, wants once the other names, they can send me an email at elizabeth at elizabethbachman.com, and I'll be happy to talk opera shop with you. But exactly. um, it's, it's having somebody with uh, somebody give you informed feedback. And for some people, it's about how do you get out there in the first place and deal with stage fright. And for other people, it's taking something good and giving those few extra special tweaks that will take it from good to great. Hmm. So, Elizabeth, hi. This is Nate. How are you? I'm fine, Nate. Great to e-meet you or 
radio meeting, <laughs> same, whatever this is. <laughs> same to you. Now, recently you just quoted saying that 93% of the present, of your presentation isn't so much your delivery, is it, is your delivery not your words? Now, that's as correct. someone who speaks about five languages, you say that that's not important. It's the I, way you are, the way you are being with people. Can you elaborate more on that? Well, the thing is that the words are important. You've got to start with the words, and there's a, a lot of what I do with people. Uh, usually, my major, my signature program, the, the Mastering a Signature Speech that sells, is actually a six-month program because it can take two or three months to get the script into the shape you want. But then delivering it, it's different for everybody, and everybody's going to have different challenges. But really. People are, you know, the day after they've heard you, the day after you've given your presentation, again, people are going to forget most of it, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And the other thing is, it's, it's as Maya Angelou said, and I don't have the quote exactly, but Maya Angelou said something about people won't remember what you said, but they will remember how you made them feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and um and she's one of my heroes in any case. Mine too. <laughs> uh, and so and then the other side of that is I mostly help people who are speaking to sell, profit speaking speaking to sell and educate and inspire. And we all know that buying decisions are primarily emotional. You're going to invest with somebody who makes you feel excited and excited, who gives you that hope that you're going to be able to fix whatever it was that brought you there to listen to them. Because that's the other thing is for anybody who out there who's nervous about standing up in front of a group and thinks, oh gosh, they're going to think I'm silly or whatever, remember that your audience wants you to be fabulous. They want you to be amazing because otherwise they wouldn't have taken the time to come and listen. So, I mean, people who are listening to this radio show are hoping that we're going to say something useful and helpful Mm -hmm. and inspiring or otherwise they're going to switch to another channel, go off and do something else. So our job as presenters, and I include radio in that, our job as presenters is to inspire and educate. And if you're specifically speaking to promote something, then it's also to enroll people in working with you so that they can get the result they want. That they've come to you to listen because they have a problem for which they really hope you're going to have the solution. And all the logic in the world, you've got to have the logical reasons that will back that up. But the impetus to buy is going to come on an emotional level. That is so true. Awesome. It's a craft and an art, which is what keeps me going. That's what keeps me doing it all the time. Gotcha. That makes so much sense. Well, you know, this is a new year, and many of us have plans to expand and launch. 
how exactly do we stop procrastinating and then get past our blocks and take the show on the road? Uh, well, I really, if you're if you're considering speaking to promote your business, or if you work in a company where you are presenting to a group, or you have to present your your team's results to uh, the upper level, you know, if you have to, the idea is to move people to take action. Then I highly recommend finding somebody who is qualified who can coach you on being a great presenter to add whether it's me or somebody else i hope it's me but <laughs> whether it's me or somebody else remember that you can't see yourself when you're right. it's one of those things that we're all too close to you know you can't see the the frame if you're in the picture mm-hmm. you can't see the label if you're inside the bottle you've got to have somebody from outside and uh, and groups like Toastmasters are excellent, mm-hmm. but there again, Toastmasters. Some people who do what I do, the, my fellow presentation trainers and I, we're the next step beyond toast, something like Toastmasters because right. there you're getting comments and feedback from your peers, but they aren't necessarily educated in the specifics and the craft the craft of this profession as as well as a presentation trainer is and that's one of the things that i love and i'll have to tell you i have to tell you that when i learned the skills of presenting that's uh-huh. what i did to raise $100,000 to produce my opera program and i have to produce that program every year so these are the skills that i continually use 12 years later uh-huh. to uh to keep the program going. So it's sort of like Toastmaster programs will, for those that might be new, it can get you over that initial nervousness. It can teach you a few skills. But then we can come to someone of your caliber that would be able to really take us to that next level. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, Toastmasters is a wonderful organization. There's a lot you can learn from them. And um, I don't normally mention brand names <laughs> but I really talk on, on the radio it's it's a great I mean if you're interested in in presenting Toastmasters will teach you a lot if you want to present to sell then you need the next level and that's uh-huh. what I do awesome. gotcha so Elizabeth in your profession you know you're known as the star maker but my question to you is what's the real difference between you know an everyday person that has a a goal or a dream or a vision from a star? Ah, well, a star is someone who is so at home in her own identity and body that she can that she can walk in and be and just have charisma. A star is someone with charisma. A star is someone who you and we can all be stars. The thing is that we are all stars. It just sometimes not all of us claim it, and not everybody steps out and says, "Hey, I'm a star too. Pay attention to me." And that's yeah. a big part of what I help people with. Okay. Yeah, so, what really is the key awesome. to the transformation? Then. All righty. It's, so if you it's could, claiming your voice. Gotcha. 
Yeah. Claiming your and it's okay. different for and and the details are different for each person. So it depends on where you're coming from, where you start. The good thing is it's a learnable skill. Nobody's born a star. No one's born with charisma. Some people develop it as kids. Uh, some people develop as kids to survive. Some people just develop it as kids. But a lot of people learn it later on, and uh, it's just a skill. Is It's just a skill that you can master. Put the time in to master it at the beginning, and you have it forever. Okay. So if you had to do it all over again, you know, what would you want to change? Oh, if I if I had to do it every again, I would have studied the craft of public speaking much earlier. Because I think about all the speeches I gave on behalf of the opera companies that had hired me uh, back in my early years. And if I'd realized it was possible to speak and get results, I would have been able to raise so much more money for the people who'd hired me rather than just entertain them. I could have really crafted my speeches so that they were opening their wallets and funding the company that had hired me. And that would have been a gift. I wish I wish I'd learned that earlier. I should have started if I'd known it existed, I would have started way earlier. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. And and I do have to say that speaking in public is is after referrals, it is the main way that I get clients. I get most clients come to me when they've seen me speak. Well, that's good. Now that is true. That that yeah. is true. But, you know, before, other, we let, we, yeah. before we let you go, we we heard that you have some free gifts for our listeners. Can you tell us about that? Uh, yes. So if you go to elizabethbachman.com, that's Elizabeth with a Z, E L I Z A B E T H, Bachman B A C H M A N. Dot com. You'll see on my homepage, I have a free gift. It's called the Star Maker Secrets for Speakers. And that's a collection of short one or two paragraph emails that come, come out every week or so. And they're just useful tips that I've gathered in my 30 plus years of training presenters. Everything from how to con- construct a speech and how to market your speech to why you shouldn't drink a latte right before uh, the day right before you're going to give your speech oh. <laughs> and pretty much everything in between they're Uh-oh. short they're useful and i have a lot of people who say of all the hundreds of emails i get every day this is the one that i open because it's one thing that i can then remember add to my toolkit and wait till the next one comes out well, that is great. Elizabeth, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, yeah. We hope to have you back. Again, give us some more information. My pleasure. I'd be delighted, and it's just it's a, it's a privilege and an honor to be on this show. So thank you all yes. so very much. You're welcome. Thank Can you. you give us your website again real quick? It's ElizabethBachman.com, E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H-B-A-C-H. M-A-N dot com. Awesome. Thank you for coming on again, and have a good evening. My pleasure. Welcome. Wow. (laughs) Yes. We're going to um, take a quick commercial break. And then, um, Alicia, I think you have some information 
about a special event that's coming oh, up, right? Yes. I am so excited. Yes. And there's some yes. um almost free stuff with that too. Oh, is it? Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, cool. We're gonna <laughs> take a quick break and then we'll have that. Yeah. We'll take a quick break and come back so you can share it with us. You're listening to right. Let's Face It. To fasten your seatbelt, insert the metal fittings, and tighten the strap. And in the event of a sudden rush of cabin generosity, your seat cushion can be used to grant wishes. How? By donating your airline miles to Make-A-Wish. Why? Because your frequent flyer account is stuffed as fat as your carry-on. And just like the workout clothes you packed, you're never going to use all those miles. But if you donate some to Make-A-Wish, you can give wishes wings and put sick kids right where you're sitting now. No, not in seats to Newark. Seats to fun family places, breaks from treatments and doctor visits and hospital stays, wishes to feel better, and lots of times get better too. Push your call buttons if you feel me. All righty then. Well, once we reach cruising altitude, you can use your electronic device to make your pledge of miles or money to make a wish at givewisheswings.org. That's givewisheswings.org. And then move about the cabin with pride, knowing that you've made a huge difference in the life of a -A make-a-wish kid. Because wishes work wonders, people. I'm a firefighter. A teacher. I'm a farmer. I'm a barber. A waitress. A mom. We're all part of your community. Every day we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our everyday. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when you experience a moment of uncertainty. Something or someone's behavior that doesn't seem quite right. These are the moments to take a pause. Because if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. It's not about paranoia. Or being afraid. It's about standing up and protecting our communities. One detail at a time. Because a lot of little details can become a pattern. We. 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 We trust our instincts. Just like you should. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. You're listening to Let's Face It, one of the hottest talk radio shows on the web. Are you looking for more exposure for your brand, product, event, or special story? Let's Face It Radio is the place for you. We're also seeking guest experts specializing in sex and relationships, health and wellness, politics, law, spirituality and religion, just to name a few. Looking for low-cost marketing opportunities? We'll look no further. We offer multiple advertising campaigns via website ads or audio commercial opportunities played live during the show. Visit www.letsfaceitradio.com and complete the appropriate contact form for more information. All right, welcome back to Let's Face It Radio. Uh, we just had two great, great guests come on. And um, yeah. I just want to ask you guys a question. Um, the Powerball. It was, uh, what was it, oh $800 million yesterday? Nobody uh, won. It's right. $1.3 billion right now. Billion, oh, my gosh. Yeah, $1.3 billion. Nobody won. Well, I'm but you know I'm that playing. somebody did get a million dollars in Suffolk. Yeah, 
And so yeah. you get all five numbers, yeah. you get a million dollars. She did get a million dollars in Suffolk. Uh, is that so, before taxes? So my question before is, taxes, right? yeah. no, before I'm sure taxes, it is. You could do a After taxes, she got a hundred dollars. You know what? Yeah, Which is what they're gonna do with the Powerball. You're gonna win a one point nine billion dollars, and you're gonna get two hundred and sixty-two thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, mm. that's true. Okay. Right. Well, my question is: If you won number one, would you take a thirty-year payment plan, or would you do a lump sum payment? And number two, what would you do with the money? Oh First God. of all, honey, I'm going to take me a lump sum because you know what? I, I might not make it all 30 years. And from what I understand, if I drop dead, my estate don't get anything. Whatever you exactly. pay me in payments is all oh, I get. And, no, they no. Don't. Once you drop dead, boo-boo, if we owed you 29 and a half years left of payments, you're not getting them. Thank you for the six oh, months you live. Your estate not getting it. Family, Nothing. So, no, I'm going to take you only get one opportunity to make one chance of what you're going to get. Well, all right, Eminem. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> you only get one shot. So, um, and what was your second question? And the I second question about was, girl. how would you use the money? First of all, I'm going to move out of the U.S. Because, you know, um, Pookie and Auntie and all of them going to come. I'm not giving you none of my money. So, everybody I care about, I'm moving you with me. And then... um. Deuces. I, I don't I wanna be far enough where broke people cannot afford to come see me. And then I can enjoy my wealth. Thank you so exactly. much, Lord. Oh, <laughs> That's how I'm gonna spend mine. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just saying. You well, know I'm everybody that's gonna claim they related to you too. Mm mm. Mm mm. I'm gonna take my mm-hmm. lump sum and I'm gonna have on me one of them um Liberty unit, them Liberty tax uniforms. When I go up there, <laughs> I, don't need it. I don't need nobody to know it's me. So I'm gonna go get my money, and I don't know what I'm about though. I know about a lot of things, but um, I don't know what spe- what specifically I would buy. Okay. I guess I would buy a boat because rich folks we we buy boats. Um, <laughs> I would definitely get me a big old boat, but um, I wouldn't. T- I wouldn't tell nobody. I, let me tell you, I wouldn't right. even tell my mama. Oh wow! My mama will make sure that I feed the hungry, clothe the oh, needy. Yeah. Uh-uh. I can't tell her. She just have to just say, "Well, why he keeps sending me money?" I'm gonna say, "Hey, it's a really good day in the salon this week." <laughs> <laughs> you ain't right. You're not right. Well, um, I would take. Now that I know that you can pass it out, I would take a. Um, I would take the pay the payout, and I would definitely look for something to invest in. But I think the bulk of my money will go into living my dream. Actually, really investing into the LFI brand and doing everything that I'm doing, but just on a huge scale. Um, I wouldn't quit my yes, job because I love what I do. Um, but. And that was probably the first thing that I would do. I would splurge. I would get all that out of my system. Everything I, oh, I wanted no to buy, I wanted to do, I would get that out of my system so that I'm not constantly we go. doing it. And you know what? what? I wouldn't hey. even just get it out of my system. I would get it out a few, like I would get some of my closest friends, but they don't know what's going on because I'm not going to tell them I want the money. I'm going to say, I know child, you're not going to believe I, I just 
I turned somebody in, and I got that two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> you will. I, cannot believe I turned their butt in, and I got them two hundred thousand dollars, and you we know are what? going shopping. I came take, with you. <laughs> I'm gonna take my friends, and I'm gonna say now. You get you can get back whatever you want. They be like whatever, you know. And then because I know Will not gonna really he not gonna really say nothing because he not gonna get it. He gonna just say oh I'm going shopping, you know. The rest of them dumb like that too. They not gonna really calculate. Be like, well you spend a million on him, a million on him, a million on him. You know the way I know how to work the internet. I will find oh, out. Mm-hmm. No, you won't. Because <laughs> the way I write Donald Duck at the end of that name. <laughs> You know what? I can't with y'all. All I want to know is where I finally get my money. Why yeah, I finally right. get my purse and shopping spree in. Well, what would you do, Liz? See, he didn't answer <laughs> that question. And we have a caller. We have a guest show. caller who has something to say as well. Mm-hmm. Well, put well, him on the line. We were talking about this with somebody today. I would invest, but I would take all my friends on vacation first. Like, let's just go mm-hmm. chill oh. for a month. Mm-mm, mm-mm, Liz, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't take your friends out? Because if they laying out nope. with you, you got to do something real quick with them so they don't be counting your purse. If you do something <laughs> real quick with them, get them on out, then they just be satisfied. So a weekend you take them on a cruise or a weekend explosion, mm-hmm. they sit and talk about, well, wait a minute, Liz, where you get money from? I would take mm. the friends, my close friends, not like, oh, okay. you know, my associates. The people that not funny now. No, no. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All I want to think... know is: Is Will gonna take me on my shopping spree? He wouldn't answer that question. Yes. Will you Maybe win? You answer the on phone. Your shopping spree. You're just so hard Thank to get in contact with. Just answer your phone. She's so busy. See, dog, no, you try to use my busy against me. They always talk about getting me something. That's all right, though. I, I, I got you. I got you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think um, our our guest may have a response to the question, so we're going to bring her back on mm-hmm. the air. Welcome back, Elizabeth. Hi. Can you hear me? Hi. Yes, yes. we can. Yes. Yeah. Well, I just I I actually didn't know that if you took the thirty year payout, you didn't get the rest of it. So that's making me think it think it differently. But <laughs> but yeah, I would you know I'd pay everything off and mm-hmm. and do what I do, but in a bigger space. And mm-hmm. I I agree with you. I love what I do. Mm-hmm. So I would have a chance to do it in a more um, bigger, better. And one of the things I always want to do, I do run the summer opera program, the top opera in the Austrian Alps. And one of my dreams that I haven't been able to realize yet is to do business seminars in the Austrian Alps and mm. do a combination of opera and business. And that oh. I'm really excited about. Mm. Would, would you ever want to, like, open up a large school for training, a bigger school? Well, there, there are a lot of schools that there are, are a lot of schools out there. One of the things that we do that's different, and one of the things that's been really great in the last several years since I've been working with speakers as well as opera singers, is I've always taught business classes to opera singers, but just sort of as an adjunct to what to the 
teaching them. I'm a director, so you know, teaching acting and then bringing in amazing people to teach the musical part. And we're just in the process of launching career seminars for singers because it's one of the things that doesn't get taught very much. I mean, artists don't get taught how to make a living. And uh, having been one, I went through that. I got a degree as a director and nobody ever taught me how do you, you have to be an entrepreneur. And so that, um, as a speaker trainer, I work with a lot of holistic practitioners, and as an opera director, I work with a lot of artists, and it seems to be the same sort of thing. Of Nobody wants to think about the icky money business part, and one right. of the things that I'm really passionate about is helping people make a living doing what they really love to do. And if that's making music or if that's healing people or if it's educating people, I want to teach people how to do that and get paid for it. Right. Mm. Wonderful. You, well, yeah, you can tell I'm a little passionate about this. <laughs> yeah. I get really excited <laughs> that's about good. this. That's, that's good. a good thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, thanks for calling back in. My yeah. pleasure. Yeah. I think the whole you can't do the payment, you can't leave mm-hmm. the payments to your estate, I think that's changing a lot of people's mind, um, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of people would have taken that 30-year yeah. payment, but no. But then again, I, I don't want to leave it nobody. I die. Because a lot of people want, like, you know, it'll make them more responsible. They won't blow it. Mm-mm. And then they feel like, you know, I can leave it to my kids, you know. Da, 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 and da. guess what you get? You you do it that way, you get less money. You're already going to get less money anyway right. when you do the whole long sum. But then you're going to get more, even more out because they're going to take taxes every time they send it to you. Well, well, not only that, what if, what if the lottery hit bankruptcy or something? <laughs> Your money right. is gone. Mm-mm. Give mm-hmm. it all to me at once. If I go exactly. it all, that's my problem. You know, they Besides, do the same thing with Social I die, Security. I want nobody else rich. I want you to go, go to Greece. What you say? Yeah. Jeez. My money in my casket. Thank you, because I might change my mind and don't like you no more. And that's in <laughs> <better> my mind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. Things change. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Social Security does the same thing. You know, if you take it early, you get this amount. If you wait it later, you would get a wider amount. But you might be dead later. And look at how many payments you didn't get. You know, it's a whole math thing. But right. we did promise you we do have the link on our Facebook, uh, let's face it, page. There is an event coming up in Virginia Beach, Virginia, uh, for those of you that are local. Um, there's an event coming up on February the 6th called Who Loves Networking? The awesome thing is this is the brainchild of our wonderful co-host who could not be here tonight, Danielle Booth. And this is through um, her consulting uh, business. But awesome events. There's so many different things going on. Saturday, February the 6th, it's at ECPI University, which is 555 Greenwich Road in Virginia Beach, Virginia. This is not your average networking event. And, um, again, who loves networking February 6th for a small cost? It truly is small. And, and it's, it's affordable, it's economical, but what she's giving back is just awesome. You'll be gaining strategies for improving your business, highlighting your products and services, 
And as well, you're donating to two local organizations. Um, your ticket price will give you access to breakout small group trainings. Um, you will have the opportunity to spotlight your business, service, or product. And you'll actually be able to have opportunities to build relationships at this event. Now, all the proceeds uh, raised through the ticket sales will be used to cover the event costs. And then the remaining amount will be donated to Achievable Greatness and then the Stanhope House. Now, as an added bonus for attendees, there will be media coverage at this event. So if you do have a brand or business, you don't want to miss the opportunity to not only gain insights, but to be able to promote your business before the media. Now, the next part, I'm going to read it to you because I can't believe that she's offering this, but everybody knows Danielle Booth has a big heart. For Let's Face It listeners only, if you email her your tickets, okay, so what does that mean? I want you to listen very carefully. What she's saying, you know, you go and you pay for your ticket first. Remember, it's a small fee. But for Let's Face It listeners only, once you make your purchase, if you will email her your tickets, you'll receive a discount rate of $25 if you say in that email that you heard about this event on Let's Face It. So pretty much if you go and look at the ticket prices, for her to take $25 off, almost make your ticket free. So, Danielle's email address is info, I-N-F-O, at com. That's spelled like Danielle, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E, booze, B-O-O-S-E, dot com. Info at com. Um, once you purchase your ticket, the link for where you go to purchase your ticket is actually on our Let's Face It uh, radio Facebook page, but it's Who Loves Networking, February the 6th, which is a Saturday, and it's in Virginia Beach, Virginia at ECPI University. So I'm really looking forward to that event. There's well, a couple other surprises, too. Um, coming up at the yeah. event? Okay. Oh, yeah. A couple other surprises. Okay. But the deal ends um, on the 16th as well. She notified yes. us that the deal does end on the the 16th, but that's good. Hope you can to still see you there. That, that particular deal to get the $25 off does end on the 16th. Yes. Okay, okay. Um, so once again, we had a great show, great guests. Um, I believe these were primarily, these were Alicia's findings. So thank you, Alicia. We appreciate it. You're so welcome. Um, you working, you're the hardest working woman in radio. I Wanna am, man. Yes, I definitely yeah. have to take the shopping. So I'm going to try to call you this week. <laughs> okay, I'm going to call and be like, look, make sure we connect it Because everybody calls, get through All my clients calls, get through Everybody calls, get through, but Will Strayhorn So please make sure yeah. his phone is connected to mine Appreciate that yes. mm-hmm. Please tune in next week too we, um, We're working currently on building a, a great show for you next week we're, we're trying to follow a New Year's Eve A New Year's theme that Alicia, the brainchild of Alicia so um, we do have a dating expert on next week. She's going to be on, Deborah Rogers, sharing some dating tips for 2016. Um, mm. But just want everybody to have a blessed week. Does anybody have anything special planned for the rest of the week? Who no? glory. Take all this wonderful information I got and apply it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Well, um, if nobody else has anything else to say, I want to tell everyone to have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. And 
enjoy this episode of Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. We ask that you visit www.letsfaceitradio.com for up-to-date information on future shows, special guests, advertising opportunities, and exciting interactive ways that you can be a part of the show. Join us next week, same time, same place, for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it.